It's now time for Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Mike will get you into the ring with the latest boxing and MMA info, the Lobos, and much more. Now, now. here's Mike Adams 2.0. Presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Good morning, sports fans. The show's Mike Adams 2.0. You're listening to ESPN Radio. 101.7 The Team. I hope you enjoyed last week. It was with Ken Burns. Ken Burns, the great American storyteller. And you know, the guest list has been incredible, right? We replayed that episode. And then live in studio today, I say, wait a minute. I got a tremendous athlete who plays for the most popular team in the state of New Mexico, which we're going to get to. And then I thought to myself, who else has co-hosted with me, right? Well, I remember Rashad Evans sitting in the studio with me, and I said, Rashad, one day you're going to do this for a living. And now he covers the UFC, right? The great light heavyweight champion of the world. Then I remember Austin No Doubt Trout sitting across from me, and I said, champ, you're going to do this for a living. He went and beat Cotto in Madison Square Garden, and now he's a commentator for Fox. And now I got one of the premier soccer players, New Mexico United is the most popular sport, bigger than anything else in the state of New Mexico. Chris Weehan, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, thanks so much for having me on, Mike. Pleasure now, to be here. I'm excited. Now, you're going you're gonna to do this later on in life. You're going to broadcast soccer. Watch what happens. Man, I hope you're, I hope you're speaking that into fruition. I, I, it's something I've thought about post-soccer, and uh, I'm, I'm very open to it. Now, Chris, I want to get with the New Mexico United. I'm going to take you down a journey of Chris Weehan, right? We're going to get to know you. But did you ever think, you played at the University of New Mexico, did you ever think that a professional soccer team would be the most popular sport in the state of New Mexico? To be honest, I never thought. I never thought it. You know, when I went to UNM, it, it was a, a great four and a half years experience for me. And we, we got incredible fans, you know, three, 4,000 fans. Um, so it's not a surprise what we've done with New Mexico United, but I didn't think it was something that would happen. When I left school, I thought, you know, there would be no reason for me to, to come back here. Um, I thought my journey uh, in Albuquerque was done. And a couple years later, uh, Peter Trevisani uh, starts to New Mexico United, and, and here I am back. Chris Weehan's my guest, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team, the show, Mike Adams 2.0. Let's start the journey in California. And that's where it begins. For you and your brother, right? And I'm going to guess there was a competitive spirit amongst the siblings. Am I guessing right? Yeah, yeah, you got that right. My brother was, well, I had two older brothers um, who both played soccer. Uh, one was five years older than me. The other one was about three years older than me. And then my youngest brother is five years younger than me. But him and I are, are really the ones who we were we were tight and and really close, shared a room. And um, my dad set up a, a net in our backyard. We had you know just enough space to probably you know take about twenty yard shots on each other. And, and fond memories of of in the backyard shooting on each other, taking turns in goal and taking turns in uh, competing and playing one on one and battling. And and those were really some of my greatest memories. Before we get to the sibling rivalries, right? How did soccer come into all your lives? Did that begin with your father, your mother? Who did that begin with? I don't know. I think if I had to pinpoint it on someone, I think it was my oldest brother. I think when when he became, you know, of that age of playing sports 
my parents kind of let him decide, and he chose soccer for some reason. We were, we were a bit smaller. Uh, you know, our genes, we weren't blessed with, you know, we weren't going to play basketball. We weren't going to play football. So um, he, he chose soccer, and, and um, that's just kind of my, my dad never played. My mom never played. Um, and my oldest brother started it, and, and um, you know, there's six of us in, in the Weehan family, and, and he kind of started us on the soccer journey, and all of us, every single one of us followed down that, that same path. Now, when you think about the California breeze, some people California dreaming, some people have California love, but at the end of the day, when you think about all of you playing, or the four brothers especially, you decide to come to the University of New Mexico, and your youngest brother decides to win the national championship at Stanford for the Cardinal. Now you're both professional soccer players. Like, would you have ever thought about that when you're kicking the ball around at eight years old whenever you started? I never thought of that when we were when we were that age. Um, you know, I always had this this goal of playing college. That was like a big goal of mine. Um, I remember, you know, having projects of where are you going to go to school and what are you going to do. I'm going to play soccer. I'm going to play college soccer. Um, and I, I I never I never had the the that in mind. But you know, looking back when we were growing up, you know, we played for very good youth soccer teams in California. Um, and California is a hotbed for soccer. Uh, tons of talent out there and and um i always knew that he was he was better than me um i kind of always had that feeling and i always kind of you know took a little bit of of pride in that thinking that that i was kind of the one who was was you know battling him in the backyard and and being the older brother you know you know kind of making him better in the sense that uh i was challenging him um and so the fact that he went to stanford and won a national championship that's no surprise to me he's he's incredibly talented Pretty incredible, and that's brotherly love. See, a little Philadelphia reference. Now let's go back to California. Growing up there, did you wear Chucks or Vans? Be honest. When when you had to go to your go-to shoe outside of your soccer shoe, did you go to Converse or Vans? The go-to shoe or Vans. Those, uh-huh. those are my shoes right there. Yeah, you got it spot on. What part of California are you from? So Orange County, uh, Laguna Niguel is the city. Beautiful place. Yeah, beautiful. Very fortunate where I grew up. A few dolphins that reside there in that ocean area. I've seen a few dolphins uh, last time I was in Laguna Negra. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, Laguna Beach is one of the cities closest to Laguna Niguel on the coast, and then Dana Point as well. I spent a lot of time in, in Dana Point, where my grandparents are. And, uh, yeah, I mean, whales, dolphins, it's, it's pretty incredible. Now, i got to ask you this. Chris Weehan is my guest. He's a New Mexico United superstar player. Now, going back to your youth, right? So you talk about your brother. You talk about yourself. You graduate the University of New Mexico five years. You were a redshirt freshman uh, when it all started. When you first get to the pros, right, what happens? Like, what happens when you become a professional athlete? Well, you know, that journey for me, even from by the time I graduated and by the time I, I signed that first contract was, um, man, what a, what a journey that, a short, short journey that was. Got invited to the MLS Combine. Um, similar idea to the NFL. You know, you go, they do some physical testing, and then you play three games. You're, you're matched up teams of four teams, play every team once. Um, you know, throughout the week, there's interviews and there's, um, you know, tons of meals and and a lot of people around, uh, media and all that. Um, you know, I was went through it quietly. Not a lot of interviews, not a lot of recognition. Um, 
didn't play well, to be honest, didn't handle the handle the environment well enough because it's different than college. It it, it felt like a professional environment, and I struggled in that. And it was kind of like you're 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 tossed into it right away um, without much heads up. And how are you going to handle yourself? Didn't handle myself well. Um, didn't get drafted. Um, all I got was a an a invitation from a coach uh, in Reno, which was going to be a new USL team uh, to come and try out. And so, you know, it was a, it was a tough journey. I learned a lot about myself in that experience. Um, and, you know, very fortunate looking back that I did get that phone call and that I did make the most of it and ended up signing a, a contract with Reno 1868 is what, what we were called, uh, in Reno, Nevada. And, and, um, great experience, best, one of the best years of my life playing there. Chris Weehan's our guest, ESPN Radio, 101.7 The Team, the show, Mike Adams 2.0. You can go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can catch all of that. Go to at Mike Adams 2.0 in the Instagram, and you'll get to hear everything you wanted to hear with Chris Weehan. Now, growing up, you know, I think of the soccer greats when I was growing up. It was Pele, Diego Maradona, um, with you growing up in L.A., was it Alexi Lalas? I mean, who was that guy for you, right, that, that, that you wanted to emulate? That guy was Landon Donovan. Wow. Yeah, which uh, is, is special now because uh, he's a coach in our league, uh, so we get to play him uh, a couple times a year and get to see him and shake his hand, and it's uh, still uh, kind of a surreal moment for me. So you're, you're in Reno at this time, okay, and you're playing well. You're playing extremely well. So here we go. Not a lot of media attention, right? Kind of went through the, the trials and tribulations quietly. And now you're playing the game. When did that switch flip for Chris Weehan? When did you say, okay, I'm here. Now I'm going to make a name for myself. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, it was, you know, I think I was, when I went through the, the whole MLS combine process and didn't get drafted and, you know, kind of felt sorry for myself and, you know, this isn't fair and, and you're blaming other people or, you know, my agent didn't do enough and didn't get me drafted or, and I think when I got to Reno, even, even the getting the contract negotiations weren't smooth and finally getting that offer. But, but what switched was once I got it, all that resolved, I switched and said, you know what, I'm still, I'm, how fortunate am I to still be playing? How many how many people have played soccer growing up or even teammates that I had played with at UNM that don't have this opportunity? I can look at the little amount of money I was getting paid or, or the fact that no one drafted me and all that stuff and felt sorry for myself, but I changed that. I don't know what it was. It was just one moment where I, where I just felt, you know what, I'm fortunate to still be playing and let's make the most of this, and, and I think I did that. Chris Weehan's our guest. Is the corner kick special? Like, is the corner kick the premier kick? Everybody says the bicycle kick, right? Anytime you watch Sports Center Top 10, whether Jack Harlow says Sports Center Top 10 or if you're watching Sports Center Top 10, is it the bicycle kick or the corner kick? Because for me, the corner kick looks a little bit tougher than the bicycle kick. Not that I've ever played soccer. But which kick is tougher? The co- the corner kick or the free kick? The free kick. The free kick. Um. For me personally, the bicycle kick's harder because I just don't trust myself going up in the air and what I'm going to land and what that's going to feel like. Uh, but if you ask Devin Sandoval, the bicycle kick's a lot easier for him. Wow. <laughs> so it's just it just depends on who you are. I guess maybe, you know, that I, I have that little bit of fear to, to 
you know, it put my my body in a situation that I don't know what it's going to feel like when I land. But and I think I think the timing, the ball's moving when you're hitting a bicycle kick um, to to time it right. If you think of like some of the best bicycle kicks, Wayne Rooney and um, you know even Devin's pulled one off here. It's uh, I think that's that that's a bit harder. I think it's special to see that. Yeah, you know, it's like um, watching a spectacular dunk. Or or watch an incredible catch like with yeah. one hand. I mean, it's just it's an incredible feat. So let's we go from Reno. You're starting to play, and then there's some contract negotiations, right? There's there's contract negotiations, and all of a sudden you make history. Like you're historical. You're a historical figure in this league because to get you here wasn't easy. Right, so yeah. so not not now. Let's talk about the journey because that's what we're doing today. Little media fanfare. You flip a switch, and then you make history. Take us through that. So I played in Reno, had a great year, um, USL Rookie of the Year, uh, which was an awesome recognition. Um, I think I had the most assists in the league that year. Um, actually, a little bit of. You know, I, I I can feel safe saying this. Uh, it's it's in the past. I actually signed a contract um, with another team, um, and signed that contract with a clause. It was going to be a new team in the USL, and signed a contract with a clause that if an MLS team were to come and pick me up, that that contract would become void. And and the San Jose Earthquakes did come. Um, played a year there. Wasn't uh, much to talk about. It was a really tough year, challenging year. We weren't. We were the worst team in the MLS. Um, and then actually went to preseason with the Montreal Impact after the, after San Jose didn't pick up my contract option. So I went off and was uh, trialing with with uh, the Montreal Impact. And I think uh, it's it's interesting to think back on that because I had gotten the invitation to go to preseason, signed a contract with Troy who is the first head coach here at New Mexico United. And that contract was basically, if you don't get picked up by Montreal, then you're automatically becoming a New Mexico United player. And it was close. I mean, I think I had I had was really proud of the two and a half weeks I think I spent with them. And, and I think I was very close to making that roster. And ultimately, um, they, they went a different direction. And uh, that's when the New Mexico United contract kicked in. I think a few days later, I was back in Albuquerque. Chris Weehan is our guest, superstar player for the New Mexico United. Very humble. I'm saying superstar player. He's not going to say that because he's humble. But rookie of the year, most assists, incredible goals. So I can say it as the host. Let's continue. So the journey brings you here, right? So tell me about the 10,000 in attendance. Because we talked about earlier in the journey that at the University of New Mexico, 4,000. It was a lot of people. And I want to ask you a question about that later on. But now you're in front of 10, 11,000. You have people that are tailgating to see soccer. Like, this is new for me, right? I didn't grow up in a soccer town. New Mexico is not a soccer town. It is now. Yeah. It is now. And ironically enough, I'm from California, Huntington Park. But take me through when you first go out on the field and you see all these fans. Yeah, I, I remember the first game uh, of the season that year. We played a home game, um, and that was just kind of like, uh, you know, we didn't really know what to expect. I don't think the fans knew what to expect in terms of what, what the soccer was going to be like. 
what what oh we're going to Isotopes Park. <laughs> we go watch baseball there. Or we're going to watch soccer there. I think is all kind of unknown. And you know what uh, a unique environment that the fans created for us. Um, and I think that first year we did a great job of, of giving them an entertaining product. And yeah, that night was so special. Tons of fans. Cold. Uh, I think it was you know cold. We're, we're at that point we're in March, so it's still. Uh, Still a little bit cold, and Devin Sandoval scores a banger, which it couldn't have been written any better for for the this guy to score the first goal in New Mexico United history uh, to be Devin Sandoval, the local hero. Uh, it was an incredible start to this journey that we're still on. Devin Sandoval, shout out to you if you're listening, El Dorado grad, El Dorado great. So I got to ask you this: being from California, the Beach Boys or the Eagles? That's a good question. Uh, I I have fond memories of both. Those are two of my dad's favorite favorite groups. Um, for me, I, I'd have to go with the Beach Boys. Rage Against the Machine or the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Red Hot Chili Peppers. One of my favorites, too. I don't know if it's Flea that makes that band, right? I still remember I graduated UNM, just like you. We're alum. Yeah. And the Red Hot Chili Peppers were playing, like, I want to say 1990. They were just coming up. And now to look at them now, kind of incredible. Why did the Anaheim Angels turn into the California Angels? Just some California, you know, talk. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And now they're aren't didn't they change to the LA back? Angels? Yeah, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. <laughs> kind of funny, right? Yeah, it is funny. Did you always wear a Dodger hat? No, I was always an Angels fan. Wow. Yeah. Rams or Raiders? Rams. Okay, they won the Super Bowl. I can see why. Let's continue the journey of soccer. So where does your your contract here is through 2023? Is there aspirations of World Cup? Like, how does this work, right? Do you guys all go to a camp somewhere and then they pick a team of who's gonna represent us in the World Cup? I know there's qualifiers, I know a team's been selected, but is there any hope or way to possibly play in a World Cup? I think at our level, it's extremely tough. You see the, the the pool of players that we're drawing from in the U.S. This this cycle is going to be very special because we're we're having players that are playing in the top leagues in the world, English Premier League, you know, in Italy, um, all over the world. So those those players are on a different level, um, and it's it's such a fine line, though. I think you could you could take some of the best players in our league and put them in the MLS, and there would be no drop-off. And you could take some of the best players in the MLS and put them in, in leagues around the world, and I think they would still hold their own and do well. So it is you know, it's a, it is a little bit of a game of opinions at times, and it's very small margins. Um, you know, For me, the goal is always to, to progress forward, um, whether that be to the MLS or overseas or whatever it is, and eventually you know, that, that, the goal of the, the national team when I was younger, was always the goal. Sure. Um, I don't think about it much now. <laughs> That's just me trying to be present and be happy with where I'm at. Um, but the goal of, of moving up leagues is still a goal of mine, and, and it should be for someone on New Mexico United and in this league in general. Chris Weehan's our guest, ESPN 101.7, the team. I bring that up because... You know, when you let's talk about world soccer for a minute, right? Chicharito, Neymar, everybody knows Messi, everybody knows Ronaldo. 
But I go back to when Owen was playing in England. Roberto Baggio was in Italy. You know, I watch soccer, believe it or not. And I see these, I don't know if they're super teams, but to play at the level of Barca, Liverpool, Manchester United, like how do those teams get formed? Because if you look at Ronaldo and Messi, right, that's like saying LeBron and Jordan or Kobe and Jordan. Like they're the greatest of the greats, right? How does that level come about? There's there's a couple ways that those levels come about. One is through their academy system, and I think that's where the the U.S. is still building it, and in, not quite there yet, but it's getting better. These teams, like the Manchester United, the Liverpool, they have some of the best youth academies in the world, and so they're developing these kids from by the time they're eight, nine, ten years old, um, and and their those kids, their goal is to progress all the way to the first team. And, you know, when you get to that age of 18, 16 to 18, you know, that's probably the time that the club's deciding, yeah, this is going to be a guy that, that we signed to a first-team contract. And that, so they'll draw on players from their youth academies. And then at that point, you know, you look now, the way the game's working is these teams have so much money that they are buying, you know, your Manchester Cities, your Manchester United, your Liverpool. They're buying the best players in the world um, to help fit on their squad. Um, and they're also buying some of the best youth players. You know, other other teams like an Ajax has one of the best youth clubs that sells players. So they're selling players at eighteen, nineteen, twenty to to these to the Liverpool's, and they're not maybe not expecting that guy to play, but they're expecting in a couple of years he's going to be ready to play on our first team. So it's I think it's a culmination of those two two aspects. Chris Weehan's my guest, ESPN Radio one hundred one point seven, the team. You know, you lived in New Mexico now. I'm going to say eight years. I'm just throwing out a number. Seven to eight years. Is it the In-N-Out Burger or the Lotta Burger? Now, it could be something else, but if you had to choose one of those, being from California, you know what Blake's Lotta Burger is. Which one are you going to choose? I know it's going to upset people. It's going to upset people from New Mexico, but I'm loyal to In-N-Out. That is my number one place. You will not change my mind. Uh, it doesn't matter. Chris Weehan is our guest. This show's Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. We'll be right back and continue with Chris Weehan. Let's get back to Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Welcome back, Mike Adams 2.0. And what a pleasure it is, what an honor it is to have a caliber athlete like Chris Weehan in the building. Soccer superstar. New Mexico United, played for the Lobos from California. An incredible story. And we're talking about his journey. And we're adding a little California trivia while we're at it. Now, did you like to surf? I was not much of a surfer. I was. I love the beach. Spent a lot of hours and days at the beach, but I just never got into it. I was probably never good at it. So I didn't like, I didn't enjoy like going over the falls or getting hit by a board. So I never really got into surfing. Were you in, when you were in high school, were you ever in any clubs, you know, like the drama club, the key club, any of those things? No, I never did clubs. Um, you know, I was so big on sports, played, played soccer in high school, played volleyball in high school for a year. So I was pretty committed to my athletics. How big was Karch Karai in California when it came to outdoor volleyball? Yeah, that name is very popular. Incredible. Right? Yeah. Chris Weehan, we're talking soccer, New Mexico United. Had some brothers who played soccer. What's it like 
for your brother now? He's he's a professional. You're a professional. Like, is there that rivalry? Have you guys played each other? So we had so. Unfortunately, he's not playing anymore. He decided to hang it up. He just did one year uh, in the USL with the Real Monarchs, and we had the pleasure of playing against each other twice last year. So that was a surreal experience, uh, one I'll never forget. How your folks? How did they root for you guys in that case? Is one wearing a United jersey and one wearing a Monarchs jersey? You know, they played it very political. You know, we're rooting for both of you. We want both of you guys to do well. So they were. I don't think they were wearing jerseys. Now tell the fans this. You go 90 minutes. Let's think about that. 90 minutes of up and down the field. And from an endurance standpoint, what are the type what type of training does it take to go 90 minutes on a soccer field? The training is, you know, there's a couple aspects. So in the off season, I'll I'll start about 6 4 to 6 weeks before we start our first practice. I'll start running. You know, that running is around the neighborhood or up in the foothills or um, down by the river. But you don't get fit. And what I mean by that is you don't get soccer fit until you start playing games. And that's, and you have to, and that's in preseason. When you start doing exhibition games, you know, and you push yourself 45 minutes and then maybe 60 minutes and 75 minutes until you feel like you can go 90 minutes. Even by that time, even the first game of the season, when if, if I go 90 minutes, I'm still not feeling fit, and it's a grind to get through those 90 minutes. Chris Weehan is our guest, ESPN Radio, 101.7, the team. The physicality of the game. You know, a lot of people ask me, Mike, who flops more, the NBA or soccer? I said, is that a fair question? Because the physicality of the game, of both games, is serious. I mean, how many elbows do you take? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not one to to get up for too many headers. Um, I scored a few headers in my day, but uh, those are rare. So I don't take too many elbows. But um, especially because if I'm going up against their back line, those are usually their bigger guys. So I try to tend to keep the ball on the ground and run. <laughs> but it can be a very physical game. Yeah, it's a very physical game. And how did the red card come about? People ask me these types of questions, right? And I have a professional soccer player sitting with me. We know the difference, and if we don't, explain the difference between a yellow card and a red card. A yellow card is just a warning, a caution, they call it. Um, Two yellow cards equals a red card. Um, A red card is you're out of the game and you're out of the next game. If it's considered reckless or... We have an independent panel that'll look at red cards, and they could, you know, give an extra suspension or a three-game suspension if they feel a red card was um, very reckless or uh, dangerous or if you're trying to intentionally injure someone or fighting, I think, is typically a, a three-game or five-game suspension. So there's different ways to the red card. Not all not all red cards are, are just one-game suspension. Now, if you do get a red card, do you lose your pay for that game? So if you're suspended five games, is your pay suspended for five games? Not suspended, but each red card is a, has a fine, okay. um, and I think the way our contracts are, I, I I don't know if the team can pass that fine on to the player. I think they can, um, or the team can, can take it on themselves. Uh, that depends. Thankfully, uh, knock on wood, I haven't been I haven't been sent off, so I haven't I haven't gotten that far. When you're on the road, right? Because you see the road a lot. Are you guys playing a lot of cards? 
I mean, wh- what do you do to, to, to distract yourself, right? You got a long ride. Then you get to the field. You're pretty much acclimated because you're used to playing every team, right? So you know the city once you get there. But in the downtime, what's happening? Is it a movie? Is it playing cards? Is it Monopoly? What is it? In COVID, uh, when we twenty twenty or twenty nineteen when we were on the road by bus a lot, there's a lot of cards. That was a big card year for us. Um <laughs> this year not so much. It's a little bit harder on flights to to, to play cards. Um but our big thing is we have a good group of us that like to do a, a coffee shop in the morning. So Saturday morning, um we'll find a, a close coffee shop that looks fun. We'll hang out there for an hour or two. Um yeah, play some cards or read a book or you know, I, I usually like to spend Saturdays, which are typically game days, watching sports, whether it's soccer in the morning or golf or, you know, whatever it is that's on that day. It's a lot of a lot of time in front of the TV. Chris Weehan's our guest, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Now, did you ever play Monopoly growing up? Yeah, I did play Monopoly. I love that game. You know, Parker Brothers taught us real estate. And a lot of people didn't know that the Parker Brothers were giving us an education. Do you put the money in the middle and land on free parking and take it? Or do you pay the bank? <laughs> when I, you play Monopoly, how do you play? Put the money in the middle. Man, Chris Weehan is my guest. We cannot play Monopoly now. Oh, no. And let me tell you why. Because I play by the rules of Monopoly. It's funner when the money's in the middle. It is. Right? Yeah. And I got to tell you, I have every Monopoly. I have the one that you use a credit card with. You know, the new credit card Monopoly. Have you seen that? Everything's like on a card. I have Raiders Monopoly because I was an L.A. Raider fan. I know you were a Ram fan. I don't know if they have Rams Monopoly. I have Marriott Monopoly. Isn't that interesting? Who do you pick? Do you pick the car? Are are you the race car? I, I am the race car. I like the race car. I like the hat as well. Interesting. Interesting because I picked the hat. Isn't that weird, Sal? But I never picked the car. Now, are you the guy who plays and wants to land on Boardwalk and Park Place? Or do you play out Illinois, Marvin Gardens, Pennsylvania, Baltic, Vermont, and St. James? Yeah, I like the, I like those ones because I, I prefer to have three over two. I like to have more, more, more real estate. Chris Weehan is my guest. A little Monopoly synopsis for you. What'd you get your degree in? I studied communications with a minor in business. Communication. I got my minor in communication with my major in political science. Not that it matters, right? But it does matter. How is that college experience for you? You know, there's two facets to it. I think the 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 college experience itself was was a blast. I loved UNM, um, and I have such great memories there. Met my wife there. Um, enjoyed most of my classes there. Friends, um, and then athletics was a dream come true. That was. You know what a what a blessing it was to to choose UNM and the fact that they gave me the opportunity to come there. I'm I'm very fortunate, and I, you know, I there are some some bitter feelings towards what happened with the soccer team, but I still have so much love for UNM and Lobo Athletics in general. Is it tougher to run in the sand or in the mountains? It's tougher to run in the sand. Interesting. Yeah. At sea level. Well, I was thinking sand as, as sand as dunes. the element. Okay, the sand dunes out by out by the airport because we spent we spent many hours out there at, when we were at UNM running those sand dunes. Interesting. How about the beach sand versus our mountains? Beach sand. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. Chris Weehan's my guest. ESPN Radio one hundred one point seven. The team.
So let's go back to you and him. You guys are getting 4,000 people, right? They played for the national championship. Were you there on that when they, when they played for the national championship, men's soccer? I was with the team in 2013 when we made it to the Final Four. Final Four. Philadelphia, right? Yep. There was the Philadelphia reference yeah. earlier. Yeah. And you're at the Final Four. Henry T., I know you're listening. Shout out. He called the game. Um, take us through that Final Four journey because my thought process is this. You're in the Final Four. 4,000, 5,000 fans now. It was tough to get a ticket to UNM soccer, by the way, when you guys became real good. And then it's gone. Take me through that. The journey to the Final Four was, was incredible. That was my red shirt freshman year, so that was my, technically my first year playing. Um, and we had a great team, a good group of, of seniors, um, great leadership. You know, we, we were... By the time we got into the NCAA tournament, we were firing on all cylinders. I think we had, you know, I think we played George Mason, I want to say. We beat them. Um, wasn't much of the game. I think we won 1-0. And then the big game that I remember was we played Penn at home. Penn State, I think. And we knew they were a good team. They had just beaten Santa Barbara in Santa Barbara. That was kind of a surprise to us. And we were all over them. I don't think they recorded a shot on goal that game. I think we won 2-0. And that's when we were like, okay, we have something special going. Let let's you know, let's let's make the most of this. When we went to University of Washington, that's that game's a funny story. Washington, Seattle had had like a week of like freezing temperatures. We get there, we go to train on their field the day before the game, and the field's frozen. Our cleats, it was like it was as if you put your cleats on and you were playing on the parking lot. That's how bad it was, and you felt like you couldn't run, and, and it, it was it was kind of scary. Our coaches, brilliant decision by them. They go and they buy out Big Five or Dick Sporting Goods on their indoor turf shoes, the ones that have a lot of rubber spikes. They buy out the, all their whole selection, and you know they bring them to the hotel, and they bring us in. We all try them on, figure out which ones we like, and that's what we wore when we played in the Elite wow. Eight. Um, and that was the difference because we had – asked Washington to move the game to a turf field. They said, no, we had won all of our games on this field all year. We're not moving the field. All right, we pulled out the turf shoes and scored an early goal and just held on. 1-0, we won. Then you get to the Final Four. Yeah, then we get to the Final Four. Um, we were in Philadelphia, and we were matched up against a really good Notre Dame team. Um, and just, you know, it was just one of those nights we didn't, didn't have our best stuff. They scored, I think a couple first half goals, which was tough to come back, but incredible experience. Claudia Reyna was our, our keynote speaker at the banquet at the final four. Um, I think it was us and then three ACC teams. So that was really cool to, to represent New Mexico on that stage, which is something that our coach had always told us that, that we're doing. And, and when we made it to the final four, it really felt like we were, representing you know the little state of new mexico at on the national scale and now that, that was really really cool chris Weehan's our guest i've always said this if the basketball team would ever make it to the final four there'd be statues in front of the pit i mean even if they get to the sweet 16 there would be a statue in front of that pit no pressure to any basketball coach but if anybody takes us to the sweet 16 i was raised here there'd be a statue so, interestingly enough, the Final Four for the men's soccer team. You've made a lot of history. Does it feel good? 
Or, or, or you're not reflecting yet? Yeah, I'm trying not to reflect yet. You okay. know, I think I'm trying to play as long as I can, and, and when I get to that, that point in time where it's time to hang it up, maybe I'll reflect. Yeah, and you're going to see some good reflections. I mean, Final Four, Rookie of the Year. Had to get you here the hard way. <laughs> but they were willing to do it. Then you come here and you, you mesmerize people when you play. You have youth, and I can add my godson into this, who says, you want to go kick a ball? And then when he's kicking it, Chris, we had, like, I, like when I played, I would say bird, right? Or I'd say pistol. And you, got the, and you don't even probably know it, but that's the impact that the United has had on this community. Is there plans in the works for a, for a bigger stadium, a newer stadium? I know it was on the, I know it was on the voting docket, didn't didn't pass. But um, do we see aspirations of of your own arena? Yeah, we do, um, and I think that's um, you know behind the scenes with the front office and the work that Peter's doing. I think that's one of the, if not the highest priority for the club right now, um, is the stadium. And and we've we've heard some good things in that regard. Um, a couple months back, um, Peter spoke to us about it, and it was really exciting stuff. I don't have much more than that. I wish I did. Um, I think there's a they're just working out location and where the money's going to come from and all that all that good stuff. But I know that that it's going to happen, um, and I think when it does, it'll it'll really be special for this state. Aspirations to be a coach. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. The way I think the game and the way I. Um, the way I've tried to learn as much and, and take as much information as I can from all the experiences that I've had going back to UNM, even when I was in youth soccer, UNM, all the professional teams I've played for, the coaches I've played for, I've really tried to take you know, my experiences and what I've enjoyed, and, and I feel like I could coach, but I don't know. I don't know. I just worry that I wouldn't love it as much as I love playing. And I want to, you know, my next journey in life, I want to make sure that I really love it. Chris Weehan's my guest. You're kind of getting deep there, which I appreciate, because you're seeing life through a different lens. You're looking at the whole picture, not the moment. And for me, that's a deeper thinker. And somebody who can actually, right, not strategically look at things, not just monetarily look at things, but put both together. And that's impressive. And I don't know if it's those morning coffees. I don't know if you do yoga. I don't know if it's the books you read. But you're very present in the moment with a futuristic sense, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I kinda, try to be like that. Yeah, kind of cool, right? Yeah. Now, I do my top 100 list, right? And I asked all my guests this. All of them. Everybody who's been on. I say, you know, what's in the iPod? And I don't even know if you have an iPod no more, right? We go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And I tell everybody, what's in your iPod? So give me four artists that are in Chris Weehan's iPod we're going to use. And then I'll tell you if they made my top 100. Go ahead. Okay. I'm, I, I don't know if they'll make your top 100. I have a feeling they won't. But um, I, am a, I am a country fan. So Morgan Wallen uh, and Eric Church okay. are, are two of my favorite right now. Um. And then the other one I've been listening to, my wife and I a lot lately, is this guy by the name of Quinn. Okay. Um, kind of a newer guy. Um, and then, man, my fourth. 
that's that's tough in terms of what I listen to. Um, you know, you're going in that run. You got to put your ear ear sets in, right? Yeah. And 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 you're going for a long run. What do you want to hear? There's a group called Arizona. I don't know if you've heard of them. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm yeah. liking. I don't even know which type of music that is. Kind of more more you know techno type. Okay. That in that area. I'm not a big. I'm not too knowledgeable in music, but that's what I got for you. Well, I think you are because it's an eclectic mix, right? Yeah. Country techno. Yeah. Um, and it's always interesting. Like when I talked to Carlos Condit, right? His entry music was Rage Against the Machine, man, and it just it flipped the switch for him, right? And I talked to all these different athletes and musicians and artists and actors, and it's always funny to hear what's in their iPod. But I'm glad you shared that. Now, when's the next game for the United? We play this Saturday in Colorado Springs. And you can listen to it right here on ESPN 101.7, the team. They do a great job with the broadcast, and I think they really paint the picture of what's happening on the field. Now, I know you guys have been on TV a few times, and I, and I know you, you're on TV a lot. Do you think this league can be like we can see them on ESPN consistently? You've already been on there, but what I'm saying is kind of like a Friday night game, Saturday night game, game of the week kind of thing. Yeah, I would I I would hope so. I think there there are there's a few that they do throughout the year um, on you know ESPNU or or, or ESPN three maybe. Um, you know I think it would be it would be cool to see this league work hand in hand with like an MLS TV deal and not not in the monetary sense, but hey, we're gonna you know we have uh, an MLS game of the week. Well, let's maybe feature a USL game right before a big USL game or uh, a Wednesday night game. Um, when there's not much on Wednesday night, maybe we can feature. So hopefully, hopefully you can see more USL games on on ESPN. Can you get called up by an MLS team right now? Like if they needed you right now, could they make the call? Kind of like AAA baseball to the majors. Not as smoothly as that as okay. baseball. Yes, they can. I think the only way it would work is if um, an MLS team was in like I don't know the exact terminology, but like uh, roster constraint. Like they've had a lot of injuries. And they would maybe need a short-term loan. You've uh-huh. seen that for for guys in our league, especially goalkeepers. If a if a team runs out of goalkeepers, um, they've loaned guys from our league up. You know, we don't have an affiliate, which is which is what makes New Mexico United as special as it is. Is we're our own thing. I've played when I played in Reno. We were affiliates with the San Jose Earthquakes, and so to go up and down, it was a lot smoother of a process, which. Which was tough when you were on the roster for Reno because they would send guys down from the MLS team to get minutes, and that kind of moved guys from our roster, you know, into the into the bleachers. You know, Chris Weans, my guest, ESPN Radio one hundred one point seven, the team, Mike Adams two point Real quick, I know you've never played goalie. Maybe when you were young, you did. But what happens if the offense is really moving the ball, right? And I guess I'd have to ask a goalie, but maybe you can answer. Not for the goalie, but what your thoughts are. Do you think, to, to pay attention to the game, but the ball's on that side, how tough is it to keep your attention when you're the goalie and the ball's on the other side of the field? I, I think, you know, I think the best goalkeepers would say it's not hard at all. They're probably very present for 90 minutes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it would be distracting. I would assume that the most, 
distraction comes from the people that are chirping them in the stands, especially right. when the ball's not not on their side of the field. And and if someone says something that maybe they would respond to, that's probably the one thing that would get them uh, distracted the most. What a great interview today! It, it, it flies. We we spent an hour together, and it felt like twenty minutes. It did. I want you to know it's an open invitation for you. If I bring in another guest, Chris Weehan can sit next to me only if it fits your schedule. Because I don't want no schedule conflicts, right? <laughs> and I hope if this is your aspiration or something that you might want to do later on in life, I think you should pursue it. Wasn't this a great interview, Sal? I mean, solid. And, you know, you got communication background. You got to look to you. You're a superstar <laughs> in soccer. I mean, who knows where this takes you? But don't forget, you know what I mean? Don't yeah. forget where it started. I always, when I run into the chat. Austin Trout, that's my guy, man. He's top two best dressed I've ever seen. Ever. Like, ever. Shout out, Austin Trout, if you're listening. But I hope this works for you. And I hope your journey leads you to where you want to be led. And I appreciate this time today. I appreciate you. If you ever got a, a soccer guest or a UNM guest and you need a, you need someone to sit in with you, I'm, I'm here. No, I appreciate I, it. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Yeah, thank you. I want to thank everybody who partakes in the show. Sal Behind the Glass, Joe Neal, the president. Don't forget Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, at Mike Adams Instagram. And I know there hasn't been a lot of questions on there, and I, I'll i get to you. I'll get to you. And also I want to mention for Alyssa Ryan, Preston, John Michael, the show's Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio, 101.7, the team. Thanks for joining us for Mike Adams 2.0, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Join us again next Saturday, 9 to 10, on your New Mexico-owned and operated station, ESPN Radio 1017 The Team.